0: Well, come on, somebody give Jesus praise in this place. Come on, can we lift up a shout of praise? Come on, Baltimore. Do you love him? Oh, remain standing just for a moment. We're so honored to be here, and I'm so grateful for churches like this on the East Coast. And um, I know this for sure we give all glory to God, but we have no problem honoring a man and a woman who laid down their life several years ago to plant this church. And listen to me, everybody, both campuses and online, I think this is the time to pray like you've never prayed before, to serve like you've never served before, to give like you've never given before, because I believe what is in front of us is so much greater than what's behind us. Can we clap our hands and show your love to your pastors? Come on, we love you. We love you. Come on, both campuses. We love them. Man, y'all both married up it was it's just amazing we love them we met them several years ago and become so close you know there's some people you meet and you're like hey nice to meet you see you never you know you you have no connection like I don't want to know you for the rest of my life but there's a couple like this that we honestly want to do life together for the rest of our life we love you we love your team and um, I'm just honored to be here and I'm so grateful I think God's going to speak to our hearts today me included God's going to speak to us and before you sit down Look at your neighbor and just tell them, hey, both campuses, look at them. Just say, I'd be the best-looking person in the room if it wasn't for you. <laughs> Grab your seats. Thank you, team. My wife and I uh, planted our church 17 or 18 years ago now, this month. Yep. And I was 24 years old. You have to be half crazy to start church at 24, but our city was in luck because I'm three-quarter crazy on my daddy's side. And, uh, yeah, we planted a church, and this is a picture of my family. Let me show you real fast. This is my family. We have four daughters, which, by the way, Baltimore, you listen, I have four girls under the age of two when they were first born. Had a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and twins were zero. It's because we're such good planners. (laughs) You've seen a double stroller? Well, we had a triple stroller and one on a leash. Don't judge me. Don't judge me, Baltimore. Do what you got to do. But, uh, yeah, this is my my tribe, and this was actually at the book launch. We just launched a book called Don't Quit in the Dip. And, by the way, if you – do you know anybody who feels like they're in a dip right now? Yeah, that's everybody. I literally tried to tell our our company, like our publishing company, I said, I don't want to launch a book in COVID. They said, Sean, it has to come out now. We're in a worldwide dip. Some of y'all feel like you're in a seven-layer dip. Come on, everybody. (laughs) Dip after dip after dip. But I really do believe that there is a dream. There's, there's an idea of success. And then there's a dip before you get there. Most people quit right here. Listen to me, everybody. God's given me some keys to help you get out of the dip. And it takes you through a progression of identifying the dip. That's big. And then learning the lessons God's trying to teach you in the dip. Because sometimes uh, the dip, the length of the test is really up to you. God wants to know if you're going to pass it or not. And then there's things you've got to leave behind. And then we talk about what's on the other side of the dip. So, again, I want to meet you right out in the lobby here. And, of course, Baltimore, you have some signed copies. Uh, I would love for you to, to get this book because I feel like it's going to help you. And when I do these signings, it's crazy because people buy multiple books, sometimes seven, ten. One, one lady bought 30 copies. I was like, who are these for? She said, my mom's in a dip, my friend's in a dip. My daughters, like everybody that we know, so who could you get this for? And um, I'm just super excited because I feel like God's going to help us get free so we can do what he's called us to do. Amen, everybody. Two words God gave us for our church a long time ago is hope and healing. Hope for tomorrow and healing from our yesterday. That's all found in Jesus. And today I want to talk to you about a message really from the book, chapter 11, entitled, Don't Settle. Could you turn and find somebody? And just tell them, "Don't settle." Come on, Baltimore, look at somebody. Don't settle. If you're watching online by yourself, tell yourself in the mirror, don't settle." My wife and I, several years ago, were coming out of a conference in Los Angeles, and we were hungry. How many know there's a difference between being hungry and being hungry? We were hungry. We were in a conference all day long, and my taste buds were my compass. We're driving around the maze that is Los Angeles, trying to find a particular culinary experience that I was not willing to settle for anything less than God's perfect will for my life. My wife, not so much. About an hour into this drive, she turns around and just finally yells out, Sean, enough! Just pick anything! Just, I don't care anymore! Just here! She points to fast food. And I'm like, oh! I didn't want fast food. I'm not mad at fast food. I didn't want it then. I wanted my ribs that were falling off the bone and my garlic mashed potatoes and my chocolate molten lava cake that when you cut into it, it oozes chocolate with a side of vanilla bean ice cream and fresh strawberries on the side. Glory be to Jesus. Let the hallelujahs roll. That's what I wanted. My wife, though, was so tired she was willing to settle for something less. Listen, listen. I realized at that moment that when you're tired, your judgment's thrown off. And fast food is not bad if you consume it every once in a while but a constant diet of that will put you in the hospital. What I've come to realize is that anybody who's in this season right now of the dip. Anybody who feels like they're wandering, anybody feel like God is taking too long. Huh. If you're not careful, you will settle for something less than God's best for your life. If you're feeling fatigued, if you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling defeated, listen to me everybody, it's very important that you don't settle for something. Mediocrity always seems reasonable when you doubt God's best. And God was not supposed to be a God. He never wanted himself to be a God that was seen but not experienced. He has something more for you. Somebody shout more. Come on, you may not believe it right now. Some of you have been talking yourself out of believing God for more. Let me be the reminder today he has more for you. I was eating at a restaurant. It's, it's kind of like Ruth's Chris, but it's, it's different. It's prime rib in San Francisco, and they bring it out to you. It's an experience like none other, and they only have one thing, prime rib. You're not getting taquitos. You're not getting pizza bites. You're not getting a hamburger or fish. They ask you, what kind of meat would you like? Would you like the king's cut? I was like, yes, I'll take the king's cut because I served the king. <laughs> Slice it off. It just kind of falls down on the plate. And I ate. This is my fourth time being there. And at the end, the waiter comes up and is like, hey, hey, would, would you like your second slice for free? I said, excuse me? <laughs> Don't play with my emotions like that. He said, yeah, if you eat the first one, you get the second slice for free. I said, um, how come nobody told me that the first three times I was here? Can we make that retroactive? <laughs> he said, no. Now listen, I made room. I was already full, but I shifted some internal organs <laughs> to make some room. Because I was so angry, there was more available, and I didn't even know it. There's more available, and some of you didn't even know it. Allow me to just be the waiter today to let you know there's more available in Jesus. Come on, clap your hands and say a good amen. (laughs) Our story is in Numbers chapter 32, and this is a group of people that have settled Here's a quick backstory. God's people were in slavery for 400 years to Pharaoh in Egypt, and they cried out to God for a deliverer. God sends Moses and sets his people free. If you've seen the prince of Egypt, you're basically caught up to speak. <laughs> so here's the idea. God's plan was to take them out of slavery and into the promised land. Somebody say out of. Out of. Say into. Say out of. out of. Say into. Okay, listen. Whenever God calls you out of something, he also calls you into. Some people get so excited because they came out of, but you'll never be satisfied until you go in too. So it's this mushy middle, this dip that people are in, and they're like, Whoo, I'm not where I used to be, but you're not where God wants you to be. It was a 14-day journey from Egypt to Canaan, the promised land. Say Canaan, the promised land. You need to understand that's where God wanted them to go was Canaan, the promised land. 14 days. Can you imagine How excited they were when they left Egypt. Like 400 years of slavery, God worked a miraculous event, and now they're free. They are singing songs, they're high fiving people, they're pushing somebody in the bushes, they're making up new TikTok dance videos. Like, (laughs) I made that up. You heard of the, well, let's call that the what. I don't know. That's stupid. They're just so excited. 14-day journey. They're singing all the way. They finally get to the promised land, and then they realize it ain't for sale. There's Canaanites in there. And, and it's in the 12 spies, 12 leaders. 12 leaders come back. Only Joshua and Caleb said, we could do this. Let's go right now. The other 10, there's no way we could do it. We're, I don't know what they're feeding those corn-fed Canaanites, but they are massive, and we're grasshoppers to them. Now, watch this. Watch this. Uh, The Canaanites didn't call them grasshoppers. They called themselves grasshoppers. Listen, they had a wrong view of God and a wrong view of themselves. Many people have a wrong view of God and a wrong view of themselves. And interestingly enough, this is only two weeks after God freed them. Are you all with me so far? Two weeks. Isn't it funny how quickly we forget the incredible, Incredible miracles of God and how quickly we are intimidated into settling for less than God's best. Two weeks before, they had seen God send ten plagues. I mean, they walked across dry land through the Red Sea. Like the Red Sea opened up, and they weren't sloshing through mud and getting their kicks all dirty. No, it was dry land, and the Bible says the waves came up and parted. They saw the first aquarium in history. Two weeks after God did something amazing, and now they are terribly afraid. It's so crazy how willing we are to settle and to doubt God when we don't see him working in front of us. Can I say this? Um, These leaders, these were the guys that came around, and, and they began to spread doubt into the rest of the congregation. Ten leaders spreading doubt the 10 that said we can't do it, they start telling everybody else we can't do it. Why? Because you can't take somebody further than where you are spiritually. So, what's in you, you're going to reproduce. So, I guess the question is is, it, is what's in you good? Because we leak. We leak. It's so crazy because we have the Israelites, they wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to normal even though normal was toxic. There's a lot of people that want to go back to normal, not because it's healthy, but just because it's familiar. Huh. So they want to go back, and they want to go back to, to what, what, what they had experienced before, and, and it doesn't make any sense because now they're all deathly afraid, and these are leaders. These aren't just lay people. These are leaders that are quitting, leaders that are throwing in the towel. Kind of sounds familiar. Sounds like 2020. Because there's a lot of people quitting, a lot of people throwing in the towel, a lot of people leaving the call of God. And I'm thinking, like, that's all it took? Seven months. That's all it took for the enemy to sidetrack you and derail you from your seven months. It was that easy. They begin to spread doubt through the entire congregation. And I think it is a sad day when you don't believe God is bigger than the problem in front of you. Quitting is a mindset. And I've come to realize, in the book I talk about this, that that our lives are affected and directed by the way we think. And the way we think determines the way we live. Would you agree with that? Say yes or no. Come on, give me a wave emoji in the comment section. Everybody hear it. They're so quick to respond. They're like, hey... I was talking to online people, okay, guys? Hey, listen, our lives are affected and directed by the way we think, and the way we think determines the way we live. These 10 people, isn't it crazy? 10 people affected a million plus? That's why culture is so important. That's why we we die for the culture of the church, because, because 10 bulls can wreck a china shop, but so can one. Guard the culture of your church. And guard the culture of your family. Guard the culture of what it feels like in the temperature of your own household. Listen to me, everybody, because doubt right now, negativity is more contagious than COVID. There's a lot of people sneezing negativity on people. All over the place. And a lot of us, we caught it. We tested positive for negativity. Didn't even have to stick a swab up my nose. You could just walk by somebody and be like, "Mm, yeah, you got it. Is this okay? Pastor Steve is never going to have me back. Here's what I know. It's always easier to settle in the dip. Like in our minds, it seems reasonable. For some of you, you feel like quitting and throwing in the towel right now. And it's not that quitting seems like your best option. It seems like your only option. You feel like there's no way I can make it out. I thought God was going to do something great. I thought it was going to be amazing, but this is not going the way we thought. And here is the rest of the people of God now threatening to kill Joshua and Caleb and going back to Egypt. Like, like really, that's on the board right now? That's on the table? You're telling me you want to go back to slavery? Back to whips and bondage? That's on the table right now. Like, isn't it interesting how the devil loves to romanticize your past? Don't glorify your past. Because the devil will come in and remind you of a couple laughs you had in your past, but he will never remind you of the endless tears of desperation as you sat on the edge of your bed or gripping your steering wheel in traffic, crying out to God, if you're real, show me a sign. And he did. And he called you and saved you and gave you a new life. And now you want to go back? There's nothing for you back there. Don't settle. Don't quit in the dip. Because here's what they did they complained. God said, Fine, because of your murmuring, complaining, unbelief, and doubt, you can have a 40 year dip. And they wandered the desert for 40 long years till their bodies littered, their corpses littered the wilderness. And God would raise up a new generation that would believe. Listen to me, everybody. There are some of you that feel like you're in a dry place spiritually. You feel like you're in a wilderness. It's a dip. And you don't feel like you can make it out. You feel stuck. And many of us find ourselves there. We choose to settle instead of believing God for more. And watch this. When you live outside of what God has for you, guess what? You actually live outside of what God has for you. Fast forward the tape now to Numbers 32. This is 40 years later. They are now on the precipice of the promised land for the second time. They have sur- they've sung songs about this. They've heard stories about this. They're so excited. Can you imagine? The 12 tribes come to the edge of the promised land. All they have to do is cross the Jordan River. They are on the east side of the Jordan River, and they all, ha- all they have to do is cross over, and God is going to give them the land. Canaan, the promised land. Here's our story, Numbers chapter 32. The tribe of Reuben and Gad. Everybody say, oh, my God. We're going to talk about them. They were from Boston. I'm kidding. That's stupid. They had very large herds and flocks and saw that the lands of Jazir and Gilead, say Gilead, Gilead. were suitable for livestock. So they came to Moses and Eliezer, the priests and leaders of the community, and said, this land that the Lord has subdued before the people of Israel is suitable, say suitable, for livestock. And your servants actually have livestock. So if we found favor in your eyes, this land be given to your servants as our possession. Do not make us cross the Jordan River. At this point, Moses gets mad. He's like, oh, heck no. There's no way. You, this is what your parents did, and that cost us a 40-year dip. We're not doing that again. And they said, no, 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 no. Next verse, verse 19. We will not receive any inheritance with them on the other side of the Jordan. Watch this, watch this. Because our inheritance has come to us on the east side of the Jordan. Okay, let's do a little quiz. Where are they supposed to go? Say Cain in the promised land. Where did God tell them to go? Say Cain in the promised land. Where was the promise indeed? Cain in the promised land. The tribe of Gad comes up and is like, hey, instead of following God, instead of going where God wants us to go, if it's all the same to you, we're going to stay over here on the east side of the Jordan River. Instead of fully obeying, instead of fully surrendering, instead of fully possessing all that God has for us. If it's all the same to you, we will stay over here instead of going over there. You know what's scary about God? Sometimes he'll give you what you requested even though it's not his perfect will. Watch this verse. Look at this verse. Look at this verse. So Moses gave Gilead to them, and they settled there. Say that with me. And they settled. Settle. Those four words scare me to death. Because so many people are settling for less than God's best for you. It's interesting. We start unpacking this. There's a lot of of reasons why people settle. Why did they settle? They could have settled for a lot of the same reasons you and I settle. Could it be, number one, write this down, they were tired. Tired. And in their defense, I mean, let's think about it. They were traveling in the wilderness for 40 years, guys. That's a long time with children, might I add. Like there's no kids programs. It was just the kids screaming in the back of the minivan, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I have to go to the bathroom. I have to go to the bathroom." Dad's like, "You should have gone with the last cactus. I'm not stopping again." <laughs> in their defense, they knew that to continue meant more time, more energy, more battles. And they looked around, and verse 1, look at verse 1. Verse 1 says, ah, this land is suitable. Translation, it'll do. Not as perfect plan, but it's suitable. They're tired. Remember, my wife in the beginning story, her judgment was thrown off because she was tired. Let me say it this way. That fatigue leads to frustration, and frustration leads you to settling for something inferior. Let me say it again. Fatigue leads to frustration, and frustration always leads you to settling for something inferior, something less than God's best, and your judgment's thrown off. Don't ever make a decision when you're tired or angry or lonely or hungry because we're all tired. We're all I'm tired of COVID I'm tired of the racial tension I'm tired of 2020 I'm tired of the dip and if you're there I just want to say you're not alone we all know what it's like to be exhausted and tired and if you're there there's hope there's more this church is here to help you these connect groups are here to help you. Growth Track, the dream team, it's here to help you. Don't be that one little gazelle outside of the herd. Listen to me, everybody. Online's great, but there ain't nothing like being in the room. Can I hear a good amen from Baltimore and this campus? You watch Animal Planet? You see the little gazelle out by itself? The enemy never attacks the herd, he knows there's strength in the herd. He always gets that one little gazelle. Mm-hmm. It's all by itself. That's dinner. There's strength in the church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Don't be on the fringe in this season. Come back to church, get in a connect group, get on the dream team, start serving because you'll never even know what purpose feels like until you're making a difference in somebody else's life. That's where it begins. So here they are. They're tired, they're exhausted. Number one, they're tired. Number two, write this down, they were distracted this is where I want to focus for a second. Distracted. Well, distracted from what? I'm glad you asked. Listen, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, without vision, people perish, and they cast off for strength. That's how a lot of people are living right now in 2020. But they're distracted. Okay, what are they distracted by? Let's look at it. They're distracted. Verse 1 tells us, they had very large herds. You're like, What's that supposed to mean? That's why they stayed in Gilead. We have very large herds. Looked around. This land is suitable for herds. We'll stay here. Okay, I did a little research. Where did they acquire those herds? From previous battles God gave them victory over. So here's what I found out I found out that these herds were actually a blessing from God before, and now that's keeping the. The question is not, does God want to bless you? The question is, can you handle the blessing when it comes or will it become a stumbling block that will prohibit you from following him later? It is so easy to get distracted by stuff, by Instagram, by email, by problems in life. They were distracted and they turned around and said, this land is suitable because it looks good. Listen, just because something looks good doesn't mean it's God. Some of y'all about to settle for a relationship that ain't God. Well, he looks good. Well, it ain't God. Tell you right now. (laughs) Seems like I need to text him right now. The pastor said, you ain't God. (laughs) There are so many distractions, so many people struggling Haran. Listen, Numbers 14.4, the devil tried to get them to go back to Egypt. Remember that? We talked about that? Like, just go back. They'll go back to slavery. It's going to be great. You're <laughs> What? Thank God that didn't work out. Now fast forward. The devil knows that won't work to get them to go back. So now he's like, ah, can't get them to go back. So just stay here. It's like anything but the promised land. The devil will try to get you to go back. He'll try to get you to settle because he knows that there's something greater available if you continue to follow God into his promise. Don't Quit in the dip and don't you settle. Listen to, for everybody who feels like God's taking too long, I'm here to tell you, it's worth the wait. Come on, don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary circumstance. This too shall pass. And don't sacrifice what God has for you for Gilead. Gilead's not worth it. And don't try to settle in Gilead and decorate it like Canaan. It doesn't make sense. It's not the same. God has a plan for you. He has a destiny for you. This is not the time to get spiritual ADD. Come on, everybody. Stay focused on what God has for you. It will be worth the wait. Somebody shout, don't settle. settle. Come on, say, don't quit in the dip. Don't Don't get distracted because, listen, a distracted leader is just as bad as a quitting leader because both stop building. Ooh. Look at Nehemiah. This is extra. Nehemiah, he's bu- rebuilding his city. He got, a, he got a burn for it. He's rebuilding out of the rubble. This is a season to rebuild. And he turned around and he noticed that there were enemies, Sam Ballot and Tobiah, trying to get them to come down off the wall, making fun of them. It's not going to work. You can't build it. It's never going to happen. Come on down and talk to us. And Nehemiah said, Why would I come down off the wall to talk to you? Stop listening to the whispers, get busy. And he gave every worker a sword and a hammer. A sword and a hammer. A sword represents the word of God. Hammer represents what you build with. Watch this, watch this. There's a lot of people right now who are only in the sword. They're only in the word of God. And they think they're spiritual, but they ain't building squat. And then there's a lot of people trying to build without the Word of God, and they don't have the architectural drawings. We need a sword. We need a hammer. We need to rebuild the church of Jesus Christ right here in Baltimore and in America. Come on, it's time for you to get back on the team. Get off the bench. Put the Doritos down. Let's change some lives. And yeah, I'm going to be tired. Yeah, but it's the good kind of tired. We're going to go home today and say, man, that's how you live a day. Connected to purpose, changing people's lives, marriages are falling apart, depression is at an all-time high. This is the time that the church will shine the brightest in the darkness of our nation. Oh, do it, God. Use us again. They begin to be tired. They were distracted. And watch this. They lost hope. The tribe of Gad literally had the audacity to say, This will be our inheritance. Gilead. We never hear God saying, Hey guys, it's got a great promise for land for you. It's called Gilead. He was very specific. Canaan, the promised land. And they stopped short of it. And caused the rest of the congregation to stop short of it. And they actually literally died in the wilderness, and never saw it. Who saw it? The next generation who believed. They said, this is our inheritance. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Gad's inheritance was not God's inheritance. How often do we try to convince God where our inheritance ought to be instead of where he told us it will be? Selah. God has an inheritance for you, for this church. We have not yet seen what God wants to do in this area. And I know some of us are like, it's 2020. I don't see God moving. Listen, listen. Let me explain it this way. My wife is a classically trained opera singer. and, And she's amazing at it. And one time I took her to Phantom of the Opera in New York City. Oh, this is an amazing play. And so we're watching, and about an hour in, the curtains close. And I turn to her and I'm like, well, that's a weird place to end. And she schools my novice mind. Oh, that's, that's intermission. It's not the end. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 cool. So we get up, we exit, and we go into the lobby, have popcorn and soda for 20 minutes. We come back in. Nothing's changed. Everything, the curtain's still closed. Nothing has changed. I didn't know. I didn't know that while we were out there in the lobby stuffing our face with popcorn and soda, that there was an entirely different team working behind the scenes. When the curtains opened up, it was a new cast, new costumes, new set design, and it was amazing. Can I encourage somebody watching today in Baltimore, just because you don't see God moving does not mean he is not working. He is working. He's working. He's working all things together for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Listen. Don't confuse your intermission with your finale. It ain't over till God says it's over and last time I checked the Bible says he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Don't settle. Don't quit in the dip. This is not your time to throw in the towel. Oh and when the curtains of God open on your life, everybody else will stand back and say, Oh my God, I did not even know the hand of God was on him. I didn't know the hand of God was on her. I never saw it coming, but God has been working the whole time. Yeah. Don't quit in the dip. If anybody had a dip, it was Joseph. Oh my Lord. Joseph. I mean, think about this. If you read the story in Genesis, don't watch TV, just read the Bible, it's a drama. So here's what happened. Joseph was hated by his brothers. They sold him into slavery, human trafficked, falsely accused, thrown in prison, forgotten, 13 and a half years, 13 plus years. And then all of a sudden, God elevated him to become second in command of the most powerful nation of the world at that time, which was Egypt. Okay, watch this, watch this. His brothers come to him one day because God gave him a strategy in a famine to save thousands of people's lives. I'm praying for fresh strategies in this season. You better be in your word. You better be asking God, give me some place. Sit down and just give God time to download stuff to you. Because I believe God's giving business ideas. He's giving resource. He's giving opportunity. But he's going to give it to those who are listening. So he had Joseph's attention. What's he got to do? He's in the pen. Elevates him second in command. Watch this. Watch this. And his brothers one day come and bow down before him. They don't recognize this Joseph because he's got like this Egyptian garb on. He's got like this MAC eyeliner makeup. <laughs> and when he could have taken revenge, you've heard of 2020 vision, 2020 vision? At the beginning of the year, every pastor was like, 2020 vision. This is your 2020 vision. <laughs> yeah, and then 2020 slapped us in the face. Oh, Every pastor's like this after 2020. <laughs> what? <laughs> what just happened? It's March, you know? <laughs> baltimore are you with me all right look i got glasses when i was about 21 but fake ones because i look so young i just want to look older when i preached so now these are legit these are real <laughs> you turn 40 and they're real so watch this my eye doctor told me sean your prescription's going to change every couple years What God is doing right now in this season, He's changing our prescription. Oh, and then they give you the test. They have me cover one eye and they're like, Can you read what's in front of you? I'm like, Okay, yes. uh, uh, P L Q R. Is that an M or a a W? I just. (laughs) I love this church. Okay, watch this. God's changing your prescription. And he's asking you, can you read what's in front of you? I think so, God. I I, I think I got it. Do not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. God, I think I got it. I think I got it. He's changing your prescription to see things differently, to see the dip differently. And then every once in a while in Genesis, it says like trial, 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 hardship, hardship. And if you read tucked into the pages of this Old Testament story, the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph. Sounds better with a British accent, doesn't it? Everybody in Baltimore, try it out. Like, and the Lord was with Joseph. <laughs> God never left him in the dip. And when he was tempted to settle... He stayed faithful to God. Watch this, watch this. He turned around. You heard a twenty twenty vision. Let me give you 50-20 vision. Genesis 50-20. He looks at his brothers, bowing down to him, and when he could have taken revenge, when he had the power and the authority to, he does not. He shows mercy and looks at them, and in Genesis 50-20, he looks at them and says, you intended to harm me. Somebody shout, but God. But God... Meant it for good. Why? Because he was going to bring me into this place. He was going to use me to save thousands of people's lives. I would not be here if it wasn't for you. So thank you, 2020. Thank you, COVID. Thank you, brothers who betrayed me. It's okay. You meant it to kill me and destroy me. But my God was working in the dip the entire time. And when he came out, listen, he realized His destiny was on the other side of his dip. Your destiny is on the other side. That's why you can't quit. That's why you can't settle because there are people waiting for you on the other side of your dip. Somebody shout, don't settle. Come on, shout, don't settle trust God for more believe God for more let's lock arms and not be people who just look across the river and see the promise of God let's walk into this promise together because he still can do exceedingly and abundantly and above all we could ask all we could think all we could pray about according to the power of God that works in us if you believe it here in Baltimore give the Lord a hand and say thank you God come on clap your hands and give him praise your destiny is on the other side of your death. Oh, bow your heads with me. With every head bowed, every eye closed, here Baltimore Online, just ask the Lord real quick, how are we doing? Some of you are tired, distracted, and you're losing hope. You're talking yourself out of believing God for more now. And with all the temptation and all of our wandering hearts, Jesus is here saying, come back on mission again. Don't you love the grace of God? For some of you, you've strayed. And, and you, don't have to, you don't have to be afraid of it. You just need to know where to go. My daughter, when she was young, we were walking through a mall and she held my hand. She was about two years old and she let go of my hand and just she was distracted by all the colors and the stores and the clothes and then she reached up and grabbed my hand again and she's holding it by this window but it wasn't my hand, it was some stranger's. I watched it as a dad, just kind of see what she was going to do. She didn't even realize it for a while but when she found out, she looked up and she was startled, let go of his hand immediately and started looking for her father. I was standing right behind her the whole time. She ran into my arms. For some of you, that's a perfect depiction of where you are. You were once close to God, but you've strayed. You got distracted. Didn't even mean to, some of you. But you've been holding the world's hand for too long. When, When you let go of the world's hand, you don't need to be afraid. There was no fear in my daughter to come to her father. She knew that's where safety was. So even if you're distant from God... There's safety in them. Run back to God. I would love to lead you in a commitment prayer right where you are. I'm not going to have you stand or come to the front. If you're watching online, Baltimore, here. But on the count of three, I am, I'm going to ask you to respond. Okay, I'll give you the words to pray. It's kind of like a pastor that, that does a marriage. The pastor gives the words to the husband and the wife, and they make them their own. That's what I'll do, okay? I'll give you the words. You make them your own to God. But if this is your heart, could you just say, Sean, I, I need a fresh start. I need God to cleanse me, forgive me, wash me clean. I need, I need the Lord to come back into my life because he's not in priority position anymore. If that's you, on the count of three, here, Baltimore, online, could you just raise your hand and say, count me in that prayer when you pray it. On the count of three. One, two, three. Come on, lift it up, leave it up. Listen, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, great job, yes, yes. Great job, great job, great job. Listen, if that's you online, give me a hand emoji. Let me know, let me know. <clears throat> and I'm gonna lead you in this prayer, but listen, as soon as you pray this prayer, you need to take your next step. Nobody hits a home run and doesn't run the bases. <laughs> Don't make the most important decision of your life and then do nothing. Get in the growth track, join a connect team, get on the dream team immediately and let's rebuild this city. Would you say this with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, Come on, out loud. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me first. Today I give you my life. Forgive me from my sin. Wash me clean. And I will be clean. Be my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I'm all yours. Now tell them this. Could you just raise your hands? You don't have to raise them high. Maybe on your lap, just out an attitude of surrender. Just say, God, take all of my gifts and use them to reach others with your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say good amen. Come on, can we clap our hands at both campuses? Come on, let's really give God praise. Thanks again for tuning into this week's message. If you want to learn more about our church, check us out at www.yourdestiny.church. Meet our leadership team, find a way to connect with our church and partner with us through giving. You can also connect with us on social media by visiting our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Tune in next week for another message from our pastor, Stephen Chandler.